We're glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. And someone might say, well, what in the world do you mean when you say kicking over sacred cows? Well, over in India, they worship cows. They wouldn't dare eat one, you know. They're afraid, some of them, I mean, it's a religion over there that you wouldn't eat a cow because it might be your grandmother come back as a cow or, you know, your sister or somebody. They call them sacred cows because they feed them, they take care of them, and they starve to death, wouldn't dare eat one of them. And the very thing they need the most of, they don't eat it, they worship it. Now, you wouldn't think people would do that here in these United States, would you? Why, surely nobody would worship a cow. Well, they wouldn't a cow, but they worship certain Bible scriptures. They worship their Bible. Wouldn't dare do it, wouldn't dare eat it, but they'll worship it and dust it off. You're getting quiet on me. <laughs> they dust it off, put it on the shelf. Yes, I believe it from cover to cover. But do we, you know? Sometimes we allow certain scriptures to just simply hold us in bondage. And that's what I'm talking about when I say kicking over sacred cows. Let's kick over some of these ideas that will not measure up to the word of God. I don't care whose theology it is. If it doesn't measure up to the word of God, it needs to be kicked off the mountain. Find out what the word said about it. See, don't be deceived from the simplicity of the gospel. The apostle Paul says that I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. It's the power of God. See, the gospel is good news, isn't it? For the first one, let's go to James, the first chapter. Verse 1, James, a servant of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations or different temptations, tests or trials, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven of the wind and tossed, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. For a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Now in this passage of scripture, I've heard people say things similar to this. Well, you know what the Bible says, that the trying of your faith perfects it. Well, that wasn't what the Bible said. It says the trying of your faith worketh patience. It works patience. It caused the force of patience to come into play. Now, patience is a spiritual force. It's like a pier that you would put under a bridge. From the time, say, that you've prayed for something at this point until you receive the manifestation of that at the other point, say, point B, it may be a long time span. Patience is a spiritual force that comes along and girds up that bridge right in the center like a pier to hold it, to keep it constant through that time span so it don't sag and break, give way. 
So this is what he's saying. The trying of your faith worketh patience. Didn't say it perfected it. Then sometimes the people get the idea, well, you know, the trials and the tests of life are designed to make us more like Jesus. Well, now, it's true that trials and problems of life, if you act on the word of God, do what the word says, resist the devil, cast him out, overcome him by the word of God, then you'll come out of it stronger. But don't ever get the idea, don't ever let that idea get into your spirit that that was a design to make you stronger. Trials and tests and problems that Satan brings is designed to kill you, destroy you. See John 10.10. The thief cometh not but for. Now what's he saying? He said there's only three reasons that the thief comes. That's to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Nowhere in there did he say he came to make your faith stronger and make you more like Jesus. Now, I know that in certain circles that's believed strongly because I've heard people preach it on television and proclaim that the devil was nothing more than an unwilling servant of God. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. The devil's out to kill you. Jesus has come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Well, someone might say, but Brother Caps, you know that the children of Israel were in the wilderness, and you know the wilderness experience. God leads us into the wilderness experience. No, God leads you out of the wilderness experience. Well, the wilderness experience will make you stronger. You hear people say that sometimes. Well, now let's wait a minute and see if it does. What about the children of Israel? Did the wilderness experience make them stronger? Only those that believe God, it killed all the unbelievers and doubters. And I'll tell you, the wilderness experience will kill you if you stay there long enough. Y'all still out there or did you go home? <laughs> now, what are we talking about here? We're talking about the fact that God is not the one that is trying and testing. Now, certainly, there could be occasions where because it is God's will for you to do a certain thing, and you start out to do that, Satan may resist it. And you may say, man, I'm going through a trial here. But you see, it wasn't God's will for you to be in the trial. It was God's will for you to do the thing, and Satan's coming against it that caused the trial. Now, it's a difference in the way you look at it. We need to get our attitudes straightened out in line with the Word of God. In other words, if God called you to pastor a certain church, the devil didn't want you there, and he brought all kinds of trouble against you. You might think, man, I'm in the greatest trial of my life, and God put me here. God put you there to accomplish his will, not to be in a trial. The devil brought the trial, not God. He's not the perpetrator of the trial. It's the devil trying to get you off the word of God and get you out of the will of God. You see, it's all in how you look at it. You look at it from this angle and say, well, sure, God must have put me in that. You come over here and get to looking at it from the angle, no, God wanted me to do his will, and Satan's trying to stop me. Now, you see how you could justify either one of those attitudes. Well, yeah, God sent me into this trial. No, he sent you to pastor the church. The devil brought the trial. The trial wasn't there until you got there. <laughs> you know? Now, it'll help you if you get that attitude an attitude of God's word concerning that. The wilderness experience was not a blessing, it was a curse. And you know why the children of Israel spent 40 years in the wilderness? Because of their disobedience. 
it was not because it was the will of God. It wasn't the will of God that they spend 40 years in the wilderness. It was God's will that they go to the promised land. God told them, I've given you the land, go in and possess it. Because they wouldn't obey God, in fact the scripture says, that they wouldn't mix any faith with the word of God. The gospel was preached to us as well as unto them, the apostle Paul said. But he said, the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. They wouldn't mix any faith with what God said. Well, yeah, we know there's a land that floweth with milk and honey, but there's giants over there. And the ten spies came back with an evil report. There was only two of the spies came back with a good report. They saw the same thing the other ten did, but the difference was, was their attitude. They had an attitude like God had. We need to develop the attitude of God. And that was, sure, there's giants over there, but we're well able to overcome them. The others said we be not able. We're like grasshoppers in their sight, and so were we in their own eyes. They had grasshopper vision. They had a bad case of the what-ifs. <laughs> you ever had them? And the butterfits. You ever had the butterfits? <laughs> but if it don't work, what am I going to do? <laughs> well, there's a lot of people have that. The children of Israel, it was the will of God for them to go to the promised land and to possess the promised land. It was God's will. God wanted them to have that abundance and have abundance supply, a land where there was no lack. It was his will. But thousands of them died in the wilderness because they disobeyed God. So if you're in a wilderness experience, check up on it and see if you've been obedient to God. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but Jesus said, I am come, that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. The trying of your faith does not perfect it, it works patience. And he said, count it all joy knowing this. If you don't know that, then you won't count it joy when you fall into different trials and tests. You'll notice here that James goes on to say this, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask. In other words, if you want to know why you're in that situation and in that trial or test, then ask God about it. Because he says he'll tell you. He'll reveal it to you. Now come on over to the 12th verse there. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say, when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted of evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Now, see, if there wasn't any chance of us missing it there, he wouldn't have said, don't miss it. See, there's one of those points where you can take it this way or you can take it that way. You can take it on the positive side or the negative side. God bless you. We do appreciate you joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. Now, all of this week, our book offer will be book offer number 7512, entitled Kicking Over Sacred Cows. Now, we're going to be talking about that subject here on the broadcast this week. It's a 132-page paperback entitled Kicking Over Sacred Cows. 
for $8 plus $3 postage and handling, a total of $11. Now, you might say, what in the world are you talking about kicking over sacred cows? Well, now, there's certain scriptures in the Bible that hold people in bondage. The, the Word of God was given to us to set us free, to be a blessing to us, not hold us in bondage. But over in India, there are certain places that people worship the cows. They wouldn't dare eat one. It's the very thing they need the most of, but they starve to death rather than eat the cow because they've been taught that it may be their grandmother or grandfather that came back as a cow. They believe in reincarnation in all things. But you see, they'll suffer and they'll die and not eat the very thing they need because they have been taught wrong. So when it comes to the Bible, some people have sacred cow scriptures that held them in bondage all their life and never been set free from. For instance, the Bible talks about the chastening of the Lord in Hebrews chapter 12, and it holds people in bondage. But if you understand the chastening of the Lord, he does it with his word, not with sickness, not with disease, not with problems and troubles in life. The devil is the troublemaker, not God. And if you don't know that, then you need to kick that sacred cow over, get rid of it, because it is not the truth. That's offer number 7512, 132-page paperback entitled, Kicking Over Sacred Cows, for $8 plus $3 postage and handling, a total of $11. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400, 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this Charles Capps reminding you, the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and yes, Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Capps. P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Caps Ministries and our listeners in this area.